everybody. This is Big Ange from the All In Chronicles, and you just tuned in to experience a dose of humor, optimism, and inspiration to give you all you needed on this wonderful day. Hey, everybody. Melissa is back in the studio with us today, and we are excited to speak with Teresa Matthews and Sarah Ross. Teresa has been a Division I college coach for nine years. She started at Lehigh in 2014 as a graduate assistant while earning her Master of Education in Psychological Counseling and Human Services, then became the first assistant assistant at St. Francis, coached four years at Northeastern, and returned back to Lehigh as the associate head coach in 2022. This last season, her team won their second-ever Patriot League Championship and earned their first NCAA tournament berth in program history. And Sarah recently became the, I don't know why there's an end there, Roll with it. Just roll with it. All right. Nam, we have Sarah recently became the Associate Athletic Director for Student Success and Senior Woman Administrator at East Stroudsburg University. Before that, she served as the Assistant AD for Student Athlete Wellness and Academic Support at the University of New Hampshire, focusing on diversity, gender equity, career placement, leadership development, and academic progress. And she served as an assistant director for student athlete development and academic services at her alma mater, San Francis University. Fun fact, Sarah was a standout bowler at St. Francis and then named an annual athletics award after Sarah called the Rossi, given to student athletes that show outstanding work and dedication in the areas of mental health, diversity, equity, inclusion. All right, Melissa. So I'm so excited to talk with you both today. Mm -hmm. I've known Teresa for a long time now, uh, 10 years. We played together at at Monmouth University. How's it been so long? And then I came back (laughs) to to coach for a couple months in the spring season with you, which was really nice to see freshman year till later on. And meeting Sarah for the first time today, you guys met through your love of sports and inclusion and have been together for five years. So finally getting to meet you, it's great. So. To kick things off, you both have had a really amazing and successful career in athletics so far at a really young age. Can you talk about the experiences that you've had, the education that you've pursued that have gotten you to where you are now? Teresa, why don't you start? Yeah, um, I I took the GA um, position at Lehigh, um, not really knowing whether I want to be in coaching or do counseling. And I think um, my experience there was so good. It was such a fun and exciting experience where I learned so much from the people I worked with that it was so easy to stay in athletics but I think I used I used those counseling skills that I learned through that program every single day and I think it like helped me so much as a person grow and understand who I was and what my values were um and I've carried them with me all along um and at St. Francis I think that gave me some unique experience about and unique perspective about how to make the most of stuff when you don't have the most resources and I thought we created a special experience there and it was about the people that you got to do it with that made the difference and then I went to Northeastern it was a completely different experience it was in a big city everybody was fully funded you know we were able to produce like a high quality experience with with the resources we had which was awesome but Lehigh obviously just had a special place in my heart, so it was very easy to make the decision to come back, and obviously it worked out great for me. I got my first championship there, which was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> nice. What about you, Sarah? Um, contrary to how I did in school, I always thought of myself more as an athletic student. I hated going to class, uh, so when I graduated uh, college with my bachelor's, I was ready to be done. I 
did not I was looking for full-time jobs I was applying to things that I had no business applying to um and found out very quickly that to get into collegiate athletics administration takes a master's degree just to work in higher ed uh so my mentor while I was a student athlete um offered me a GA position to start working as in administration but obviously I had to go back to school for that um so I all my background is in business management accounting I have my MBA I'm not using any of it <laughs> um we but you do with all in actually <laughs> yeah there you go. I'm Keep happy talking. to help I'm happy to help um <laughs> But I, tr I was just using education really to get me in the doors of the places that I wanted to be. I wanted to be a collegiate athlete, so I had to go to school for that. I wanted to work in administration, so I had to be a GA for that. Um, but now <laughs> I've learned the like really the importance of like getting my hands on as much education as possible, and I probably have exhausted every forum, every workshop, every training opportunity that the NCA has provided in the realms of mental health, diversity, equity, inclusion, female empowerment. I I can't stop learning now, right. and awesome. it's, it. yeah, it's been mm -hmm. really helpful. Um, so it took a while, so <laughs> but I I really appreciative of the people who pushed me to at least start in higher ed, and now now I'm telling everyone to do it. <laughs> what was the most recent uh, forum that you did with NCAA? So I was just out in Indianapolis for the NCA Inclusion Forum. It is like their biggest diversity, equity, and inclusion push of the year. They bring speakers in for about four days to cover a ton of topics. This year is really interesting. A huge focus on um, transgender rights and athletics and also a huge focus on um, disability and access, which is something that I like haven't even explored as much as I should have because I've spent so much time focused on LGBTQ rights and female empowerment in sports. But we were talking about like um, creating NCA sports that you would see in like the Paralympics. Mm -hmm. There are colleges right now that are wow. sponsoring Paralympic really sports, cool. yeah. like track yeah. and field specifically, because the because the actual facilities already accommodate people who are either amputees or have some other kind of physical disability. You already have the facility, but it's that is like the next step in sport, and I didn't mm -hmm. even know about it. So I I went to every session I could in that, but. Um, there were a ton of different people presenting. Dear World came in and it was an opportunity for all of us administrators to share our mottos in our work with diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, so something that I've used every step of the way in administration, the reason I got into it was this idea of lift as you rise. Working as a female in college sports, there our representation continues to be the lowest, aside from only women of color is the next lowest category. Um, and it, as I have been afforded so many opportunities and the privileges I've had to continue to move up so quickly in this world, it's my hope that I'm just creating this huge ladder that I'm pulling other women up, mm -hmm. other people with shared identities up with me. So Lift As You Rise was a cool opportunity for me to be able to share that with so many people. So that's your motto? That's my motto. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Make that a shirt. Lift As You Rise. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah. a great... It was That's the closest I've ever come to a tattoo. They like drew it on my arms and like had me point up like That's this. That's an amazing way. Yeah. You like, think you're gonna to... get it? No, <laughs> hard. Absolutely. She does. We're gonna get you a shirt. shirt. Like, yeah, I live vicariously through Teresa. Through all my all tattoos. the tattoos that I love, I yeah. just tell her where to put it. So next, they, like, you'll see it <laughs> along her inside of her arms. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your motto, Teresa? Oh, is that 
being curious. I just think, I think like I um, approach every new situation with like, what can I learn? What What's this experience? What can I get out of it? And like, I definitely view life as like, how much juice can you squeeze out the lemon? So I, I just go like full two feet straight ahead into anything. And <laughs> she knows no, no I have a lot of hobbies as a result. But um, yeah, I think that that just allows me to be like fully present in whatever I'm doing, whether it's whether it's writing a paper for um, a degree that I'm working on or if it's coaching on the field or um, <laughs> building a Lego because I love to do that, too. Um, yeah, I just I think staying curious and like really exploring the the full spectrum of what you can experience in anything you're stepping into is cool. That's like basically saying you go all in. Teresa. Yeah, it's definitely an all in. I like all in thing. stay all curious. In yeah. All in. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Both of you speaking here today, like when Melissa and I spoke this morning, just Monday morning, what are you grateful for? I mean, we're both sitting amongst you guys who love to learn about the stuff that we want to spread. Right. So yeah. like this has been like, what, well, what do you talk about? What questions do you have? All those things as to podcast hosts. It's like, you know what? Like anything that you can give us to help us spread the message and yeah. to also like learn from you. I mean, we step into it. I was a teacher coach, right? At a high school level. Melissa coached, you know, graphic design, all those things, but you guys are in it. So there are questions that we have that are just like, how can we make a difference in the world and where do we start and and is it needed so i'm gonna go right in right now all right i'm yes. gonna ask sarah like this is like so i was in indiana and i was talking to the athletic director at a school and i said he said to me he goes you know you know you're very you know active i, I love your personality he goes but why you he's like why would i bring you in here aren't my coaches supposed to do that aren't my coaches supposed to talk about mental health aren't my coaches supposed to to talk about mentality. And I was like, well, sure. Do they? Okay. I could be a little feisty, right? <laughs> do they? I like that. Yeah. And, and he's like, well, I think, and I'm like, okay, well, don't you think the coaches have enough on their plate? Like to that, and that somebody could come in and help that case. And somebody can be somebody for those athletes that aren't their coaches. So he said, well, that's something that I'm going to have to really think about. Not that I don't want you to come here. He said, but my thing is, is why am I spending money on you to come here? Yeah. So what is your opinion on that? That is, that is a loaded question. You are starting, right, <laughs> you're starting strong. Yeah. Uh, so you're right. We hire in, in any field, but sticking specifically to athletics, we hire professionals who focus on one thing, right? You okay. bring in a field hockey coach because they know field hockey. They're great okay. at field hockey. You have someone running your finances. You have someone doing marketing. Everyone has one thing to focus on. And then we have the student athlete who has to focus on everything. Mm -hmm. They have to go to class. They have to take care of themselves. They have to be great at their sport. They have to deal with home life. They have to deal with their friends. And you're expecting this person now to specialize in 20 things when you have everyone who's supporting them specializing in one thing. <sighs> so yes, we need to pay for those resources because yes. because the, the student athletes need all of those resources in order for them to continue to function and excel at the high level that you're expecting them to and i when coaches it, 
and I say that I'm living with it every day, right? Coaches, <laughs> coaches get siloed. They want to win championships and yes. that's okay. That We're paying you to win championships. Mm-hmm. That's what we want you to do. But you also have to remember that that student athlete is a person, is a sister, is a brother, is could be a mom, could be a cousin, whatever they are. They have so many experiences outside the four hours that you get with them every day that we need those resources in to support them. Yeah, I would just add also that like, the more people saying the same thing, the better it is, you know, like when Mm -hmm. it's just coming from me, like, it's so dependent, like everybody has a different relationship with their Mm -hmm. with their coach. And some kids never come in the office, some kids are in the office like every week, you know, and so it if I'm saying it, but they don't have as strong of a relationship with me, it might not mean as much. But like, I mean, we have a great strength coach that we work with at Lehigh. And he at the end of every um, at the end of every session with him, he'll have like this impart some wisdom on on our kids. And a lot of the time it, it aligns so well with what we just said on the field, what we were struggling yeah. with. Like he he can read those athletes so well and just having him be another voice that's saying the same thing to them. It just means something different, I think, when you hear it from different people. So like bringing a new voice and a new face and someone that doesn't know you at all, hasn't judged your athletic performance on the field yes. or made you run a sprint, you yeah, know, that person can validate things that like a coach just there's so much more complications in a relationship yeah. between a player and a coach. Yeah. The coach is saying the same thing, the weightlifting coach, and then maybe even the parent is saying, hey, you know, that, that's pretty awesome. I think that kid's getting it from all angles, and that kid's going to really have a better mentality in all things, and I'm sure you guys see that. I'm sure you see it also with the people underneath you, the coaches underneath you, right? So you're at the top as the associate athletic director, and now you have to spread that message below you. How many people are resilient? <laughs> it's a it's a good combination. The, okay. I think the resiliency is a place of ignorance, not a place of harm. Okay. I think that they a coach who's resilient to it doesn't know how positive an impact it could be to just start a practice and ask your players, how are you today? Awesome. Are you in a place to yeah. learn and accept my feedback or not? And mm-hmm. But an, an old school coach who's out here, you run until you get it right or do the drill till you get it right and doesn't know that that kid is their friend just committed suicide at home and they don't know how to handle these feelings, but also get it right because I'm paying you to field ground balls or, yeah. you know, hit yeah, home yeah, runs, yeah. whatever it may be. So what are some of the resources that you've seen that have been really helpful for students at both of your programs? I mean, at Northeastern, I, I've been at now two institutions that kind of support the athletes in really different ways. But at Northeastern, I know we had this um, person who was like an outstanding athlete um, in college and she went on and got degrees in, in nutrition and, and um, kind of like um, weight training and um, fitness stuff. But she also has a background in mental health. So she was like uh, kind of a catch all for the athletes. They could go and talk about mental health. They could talk about sport performance. They could talk about um, like how to change their diet to better support their needs. Um, And that was like a very cool experience. I know I had had players who were very close with her and got a lot out of that. And um, while I was leaving Northeastern at the end of my time there, they started to bring in like um, licensed counselors who Mm -hmm. um, were directly supporting athletics. Um, And I think that that was like probably a good decision. I mean, 
I just feel like there's so much going on in the world and it's more complicated than it's ever been. So yeah. having those people is important and like creating the space that we we care enough about your mental health for bringing in professionals to come and support that. Like that's a statement about whether they think it's important, whether they value it, whether they're going to be open to you expressing issues with your mental health. Mm -hmm. um, and then at Lehigh, obviously we have counseling services like every school, but we have these two um amazing professionals that work in leadership and student athlete development um and they do so much to um provide skills to the athletes about like how to even engage in a hard conversation conversation with your coach like when they want to have a conversation that's tough maybe they're going to ask for more scholarship money or mm -hmm. or playing time um they can help them develop like the professional skills about how to approach that conversation and still recognize the importance of building like the relationship piece with that coach so that they there's more faith in each other when you engage in those kind of conversations so just really really smart um like development for life i think yes, which has been cool absolutely i have been at more blue collar athletics departments <laughs> sorry do you sorry want to talk before? <laughs> um i've been at more blue collar athletics departments we don't have the uh financial means to be thrown out to uh, <laughs> to sports psych and things like that so um a lot of ours has been spearheaded by student-athletes. The resources okay. we have is student-athlete-led. So we have, um, we run like mental health games just to have start conversations, to create a space where we're recognizing we're breaking that stigma around mental health. And every sport in St. Francis, New Hampshire, and East Stroudsburg have had designated games for this. They've done a lot of work with the hidden opponent because it's so athlete focused mm -hmm. uh, to help guide some of that. But a lot of that onus working in student development has fallen on me. So I've gotten trained in like QPR training. I've done active minds training. I've gone mm -hmm. through the seize the awkward training so that I can start having the conversations mm -hmm. with the student athletes and then they can take it and start having it with their peers. But the piece that's missing, which we talked about is that training for the coaches because yes. I, I can have those conversations with the student athletes and create a space where they can be heard and learn the language that they need to have. But for the conversations with the coaches, that requires a different level of training on me because I'm now training the trainer instead mm -hmm. of training like the people receiving that information. So mm -hmm. um, that piece has been a little bit more difficult, but we're, we try and get creative. Like we're working with um, doctoral students who need their hours and they can't be paid for it so those are the people that we're able to be bringing <laughs> yeah. in um Resourceful. But, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. but i think it was, uh, i don't it was either bc or bu had one of the biggest sports psych programs and all of those kids need placement to get their hours done okay. so at unh we were contracting directly with that uh, program to bring those people in but we're we found a connection um at east stroudsburg we're doing hopefully doing the same thing it should start in the fall that's cool yeah, yeah. that's really cool yeah that's really great i think like my because i went to school for counseling the the training I had through that, like having the hard conversations, being not being afraid to ask about like if someone's thought about having taking their own life or or suicide um, has like normalized it for me. So I feel comfortable doing it. But like not every coach is going to go get a degree in, in counseling. Right. But um, we actually my staff were going to the Netherlands with our team um, at the end of the month. And um, we had to do a training through the school um, more broadly. And that was one of the conversations was like being comfortable asking those questions on mm -hmm. the uh, like while you're traveling abroad, because there's so much change like there's, um, you know, you're adjusting to the, the time difference and all of that, that people are like really can really struggle. And 
other people that were attending this training too were like, oh, I could never ask that. And I was like, oh, I asked, I've asked it a lot of times <laughs> in my career. And I'm glad I did because, you know, those kids now know that I, they can tell me yeah. and that it's okay. And like, I'm not going to freak out um, because I was willing to ask, but it is, it, I remember when I first was getting trained at being comfortable asking that question, I was like, yeah, I'm terrified. What if they say yes? Like, what do I do? And I think like when you don't have the training, it does, you're like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And so, yeah, having the resources, getting the trainings available to people who are hands-on with the athletes every day is so important so that more people are confident that they can ask the question. Mm -hmm. I think that's like the first step. Mm -hmm. Did you get that training when you were pursuing your counseling education or outside of that? Yeah, I did. I got the training through my my degree. Um, Yeah, we had a lot of hard conversations. I felt like I went to therapy some days when I went to class. Um, But I also I had to do um, I had to do counseling as part of my degree. So I was like a counselor at a community center. And part of your intake um, information is asking about if they've ever had ideas of of suicide or thoughts of harming themselves or others and and assessing that risk. Um, So you had to get used to it because it was mandatory, you know, and insurance was going to check and make sure you did that. But, um, yeah, it was through there, but I've, I've attended some of the trainings. I know at St. Francis, we both went to one that was around this as well. I don't know what it's called though. With the different schools that you've been a part of the different cultures that you've seen, what are some of the like best and maybe even worst aspects of those around mental health, inclusion, and diversity? If you kind of wanted to bucket those together, let's say like the things outside of performance, right? That helped really build a culture. What's some of the good things that you've seen? Yeah, I mean, I think like proximity is so important. So um, I think that was one of the biggest challenges at Northeastern was like our field was not on campus. And like the only way that you could get there because it was where our campus was in the city, but our field wasn't like the only Mm. way you could get there is in a car. Um, And so if we went to our our satellite office at the field, there was no opportunity Mm -hmm. to engage with them face to face. It was via phone, via text. And that obviously creates a barrier that makes it more difficult to connect in a like a a genuine way. Um, So that was definitely hard. I think we had to be like really intentional, intentional, intentional. That was tough. We had to be really intentional about meeting them and going to campus and like spending that time and that's a a tax on us because then we're driving into the city then we're driving out of the city then we're going home so it's a lot more labor intensive so just proximity i think and then i've been in situations where like we want to host a game that affirms somebody's like being included in a place like a black lives matter game or um a gay pride game and like i've been in places where some people are resistant to that idea they think it's too political but i think like it's really a human rights situation like we're gonna tell you it's okay for you to be in this space and so like any kind of pushback to that if i have to fight for that then that that means that we're not really fully including those people yet Mm -hmm. i think the student athlete voice is the piece that drives culture in the best way Mm -hmm. i've worked at a very small private catholic institution in rural pennsylvania as a gay woman (laughs) um and all the diversity that was coming into that area and i don't just mean at the school i literally mean in that community all that diversity was coming through athletics our coaches were leaving the state you know leaving our region to bring athletes in and their voice their need to be seen and be heard was the catalyst 
for creating a more accepting culture there because mm-hmm. like i could push and share ideas and be like hey i don't think gay people feel safe here <laughs> yeah <laughs> I suspect. But, was, but there was no there was no other voice saying and i didn't even feel comfortable being that voice because my job was on the line if i was that voice mm-hmm. but when we have we're meeting the average percentage of people who have a varying identity outside of cis and straight that the athletes want a place where they're seen and heard if you're if you're asking me to come here and spend four or five years of my life then you need to respect me and create an environment where i feel like i where i'm getting that um but i think that mimicked so i hit new hampshire right after covid like they were getting back into the classroom and that was pivotal right Mm -hmm. they were having marches on camp the athletics department was leading black lives matter marches on campus when the rest of campus was like "Uh, we don't see you we don't know what's going on and that was a huge change because it was a similar rural area where our our, especially our black athletes weren't receiving the resources they need to be successful there so we were bringing those resources in in athletics we heard what they were saying so we're we brought like we i did an initiative where i brought a barber shop for free to campus that specialized in cutting diverse hairstyles because the closest barber they could go to was down in boston which was an hour and 20 minute drive like we have to recognize that Mm -hmm. our student athletes are going to be the ones to push us and drive us so i think that's the biggest catalyst for creating an accepting culture and a thriving culture and this might be controversial but the things that i think hold it back are admin the word <laughs> you're you, one of them yeah, <laughs> so. I, when you have someone who's been in that position for a long time who had who got here a different way who worked with different athletes on their way up they why change it right yeah. i got here doing something different mm-hmm. i like i know how to run a budget i know what you need to be successful as an athletics program you don't need a mental health coach that you don't need a nutritionist why does that yeah. matter i didn't have any I, you know mm-hmm. i ate pizza every night it doesn't matter like <laughs> yeah. those I think that is what gets in the way. And so I'm trying to change it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of your, your dreams or your goals with this new position that you're in? <laughs> <laughs> um, my biggest goal right now, and we're I think we're in a period of change at East Stroudsburg, is creating a department that represents our athletes. True, like our administration, I'm I'm the first piece of diversity in our administration, or right? it's really? historically been white men. Uh, that are leading that department and i think that if we're our population is like 40 percent ish people of color in the department 40 percent of our admission our administration should be people of color so that those athletes see people that look like them talk like them act like them and they can strive to be them so creating more diversity in our department is top of the list yeah Mm -hmm. oh for sure yeah (laughs) Yeah, I was at, when I was at Northeastern, I had entered a doc program to get my PhD and my thesis was around um, creating hiring retention and promotion of diverse candidates within athletics for like um, jobs. So I was focused on women and people of color being represented there. And how do we sustain that? And like, yeah, most athletic departments, I feel like the the administrators and the coaching staffs rarely look like the people that they're coaching. Yeah. Um, and that's tough because. I don't know the experience of being a black female in a in Boston. Yeah. I have no idea what that's like, um, but I'm sure there's challenges. Yeah. Um, so it's important that there's diverse people able to understand diverse perspectives. I remember at Monmouth, I, I was uh, not aware that I was gay yet, maybe, or I was still trying to figure that out. And there was a speaker that came who was a uh, 
man who was gay and he spoke at to all of the athletes and I remember I still remember it because yeah. it meant so much to me because I didn't know who I was yeah I was still trying to figure it out and having seeing someone who had the courage to stand there and be like I was an athlete I was gay like I struggled with it and this mm-hmm. is why like um yeah it meant so much and like that man doesn't know me and no. we never met yeah. again after that but like it obviously impacted my own journey here and like yeah I just think there's power in in the fact that like at the end of the day like you're not going to decide whether they get on the field or if they get mm-hmm. more money or if mm-hmm. they can take a fifth year. And so, you just plant the seed. yeah, you just are there starting a conversation in like a non-judgmental way, which is really cool. And it's like you said, like you didn't like school, you were not, you know, but look where you're at. And because you found something you love, so yeah. you dove in, right? Mm-hmm. And you, like, to me, like, a kid would love to hear that. Because it's like, yo, it's okay. You don't really like school right now, but you're going to find something that you're going to go, you know what I mean? Instead of a instead of a uh, counselor, not like, or a school counselor saying, okay, you know, your GPA yeah. is a 2.5. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Instead, it's like, I made it this far because eventually something clicked for me. And those are, the, I think, the things that kids really need to hear to to associate with it like and that mental health is it's not scary it's the umbrella and this is the conversations melissa and i are having lately um we talk about i want to hear your guys opinion on this all right there's three words (laughs) mental health mindset and mentality yeah i want you to distinguish between all three what do you think mentality i think is just like about in the moment what are you doing how are you getting through that like what's your mentality and I think like my mentality is like, I will not fail. I will find a way. And so like for me, it's it may not be the way I thought it was going to go, but yeah. I find a way, you know, my mindset is like, what am I doing in the off time to make sure that I can have that mentality in the moment okay. when it's hard mm-hmm. and mental health is something that obviously impacts that, but it's very different. You know, it's like, do I even have the motivation right now to get up and, and yeah. hold myself accountable, do, do the hard stuff like and like what is happening internally that's like holding me back and maybe it's like perceptions of myself or my experience with my relationships with others that are significantly impacting what i can even think you know so would you say your mentality if you have the right mentality you it can help your overall umbrella of mental health right would you say i oh for sure i think yeah yeah because if i'm um if my mentality is like I can get through this. Mm-hmm. If that's what I'm going to say in the moment when it's hard, I'll find a way to get through this. Yes. Then like, I know if I fail in this moment right now, I can find a new way. And I think when you are, that's like the resilient piece. Like when you are resilient, mm-hmm. it allows you to give yourself some grace, mm-hmm. which I, that's like, I think that's, that's the hardest thing for athletes. Yes. Um, I see it all the time where athletes just like, they, they, I'm like, try a new skill, do something you've never done before. And they're like, well, I'm not good at it. Or I don't know how. And I'm like, that's okay. Like, yeah. if you try it and you fail, you learned. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a learning opportunity. And um, that's how I feel. I mean, I think that I'm a way better place than I was in, as an athlete with that. But I think grace is so important. Grace is yeah. so important. Mm-hmm. Have you heard the acronym FAIL, first attempt in learning? No. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. What's it stand for? Fail. Oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And you just and you just said like if you fail you learn. Yeah, yeah. Failure is learning and I think like when you yeah, when you struggle with it is when you that's when you can tell that that person's like judging themselves. 
you know, and like I, my kids are like, I didn't do it right. And I'm like, I know we're, we're this is practice. You're yeah. not supposed to do it right every time at practice. Yep. That's what it's for. Yep. You know, you can't make every save. Mm-hmm. If you could, then uh, you'd be yeah. on, you'd be Shh. killing it right Trust now. Yeah. So what do you mean? I can't make I it. I, I pull up like <laughs> Matt. Yeah. I set myself up for failure a lot because I had this thing uh about shutouts and i wanted to save every save so i had this thing where if i didn't get a shutout i failed and it's very black Black and and white white. it's very very not impossible but very close to impossible to complete uh yeah yeah i know your shirt says you're crazy i know so that's why i said almost impossible (laughs) i had a a shutout season sure i had a shutout i never had a shot on me exactly so it's not impossible impossible. i had a shutout season when i was in eighth grade but i half the games i didn't see a shot yeah yeah not a single goal it's not impossible i had a total of 14 (laughs) saves my whole junior year we were that good 14 important saves though yeah that's I did true. a lot of good yeah. thinking back there. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of good thinking. I used to hide Pop-Tarts in my... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's, awesome. Yeah, That's awesome. awesome. I love that. I hope they were in the wrapper. Oh I wish I did that. <laughs> I ate the crap out of them. They were in the wrapper. <laughs> like in the wrapper in your beds? Oh, no. I was No, they were, the they were just raw <laughs> in there. That's what I was afraid of. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. How about you? What do you think? Mental health mindset mentality. Um, mental health, I think, is just like your overall actual health like Mm -hmm. your internal it fluctuates it's on the spec like it's on a spectrum you can have Mm -hmm. good days you can have bad days but it is what you are feeling what you're what person you're presenting that day that is your mental health that's my that's Mm -hmm. my thought um mentality and mindset i think your mindset is temporary it's in that moment and it's going to change from moment to moment situation to situation and that mentality is the thing that you're going to carry from thing to thing so it i think the mindset's more temporary the mentality is more lasting and more impactful um harder to change i think your mindset's way easier to change um and mental health i think is impacted by both those things you just literally made me smarter and propelled our business <laughs> into a new level thank you so much thank you so much this like, is why this is why i keep around is, yeah all i think about in the morning is oh, is it my mindset is it mentality is it an all-in mentality is it a that champion? made really good sense yeah, yeah. we're just, just gonna just memorize say, yeah. exactly what she said and then at the event this saturday we're gonna be like so because <laughs> you know like mindset if i'm in a bad moment, something happened and I'm trying to react to it. My mindset might be bad. Um, how can I shift it? I can go for a walk, drink my water, chai, whatever. Like I can find ways, cuddle with the dog to switch that so that my whole day isn't in that space. Yeah. But mentality is but bigger, than, bigger that. than that. It's yeah. what you're bringing to every yeah. situation. Every situation. Yeah. So mindset, like that's a big thing. Like you hear the word positive, right? And yeah. sometimes I like the word positive and sometimes I don't because mm-hmm. some days I'm not positive. I but totally I'm super agree. efficient. Yeah. I might not be like the happiest person in the world, but I'm gonna bring my energy. I'm gonna be super efficient and today I'm just getting it done. Yeah. But that doesn't mean So that's your mentality, right? Is like yes, you're gonna yeah. be positive, bring energy, get it done, like work through challenges. Yeah. And that's like your character too, I'd say. Yeah. And that's Yeah, like, I think it's like positive stuff if it's not genuine, right? But like Exactly. Because not everybody can be. And I can still believe in myself in this moment, even if I'm not yeah. feeling like uh the most positive person. I did it my first talk and it was so brutal. Only Anne she could go into her first talk with, mm-hmm. with a woman talking about suicide. Oh. And then I was the woman and I was the person to talk about the importance of a trusted adult. So we have a group of men 
first people I have to speak to, a group of men from CBA, a Catholic school. And this woman is talking about suicide and all of the men are like this. So the one guy goes, I, I just don't understand. Like you're talking about a kid feeling bad and then you're talking about them committing suicide. And this woman was like, she's like, she's so good at what she does. But she was like, well, let me go back to the statistics. And then it, like yeah. I spoke and then the guy's like looking at me and I'm like, you're not in your right mind. Like you don't not, understand. Yeah, like, you're not thinking logically. No, right you're now. not thinking logically. Yeah. And so, yeah, that kid that is on your team that is... Uh, so angry throwing the water jug is is also in one second could be wanting to kill himself. Yeah. So you have to I, figure out how to identify and be that trusted adult for him to stop him from going there. Yeah. They were like, it doesn't make any sense to me. It, I can't bridge. I can't bridge the gap. Yeah. And that's when I was like, wow, there's a lot of work to be mm-hmm. done with coaches. Mm-hmm. Oh, for there sure. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. Because will you have that conversation? Like, I know as a coach, I had every conversation in the world. Yeah. I was probably too overboard with boundaries. Like, I would be like, do you have your period? Like, um, <laughs> or did you have the pregame poop? Yeah. yeah because you look yeah. like relaxed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's, it's twofold, though, right? Because if you start that at the beginning, if you're a coach who every day when someone comes into practice, you're like, how are you feeling? Then you know a month or two months down the road when you see a facial expression or you see body language that you can react to that and you're in a place where you're doing it and it's it's genuine yeah if if you're that coach that's only intervening when you're at crisis Mm -hmm. i'm not trusting that person so true but i also i think it, some of it falls on our student athletes and I think we have to be really intentional with the language that we're teaching our yes. young people because we're throwing around words like anxiety and depression and mm-hmm. suicide like they are casual words and they're not those mm-hmm. are clinical diagnoses right so if you're going to a coach and you're saying I'm depressed coach I've got I got such bad anxiety but you haven't seen a mental health professional, you're now devaluing those words to that coach where it's no longer crisis when they hear Mm -hmm. that. It's just like, oh, you're having a bad day. Mm -hmm. So work that I'm doing at the student athlete level is distinguishing between stress and anxiety, Mm -hmm. distinguishing between sad, bad days and depression. Because if you keep going to coach every day and saying, I'm depressed, but it's just because you're overwhelmed with work and you're sad about that or you're having a hard time with your partner and your relationship that that's not depression those are bad days it's yeah. being sad being mad being upset those are valid feelings but you're on your spectrum of mental health and you're falling into those categories you haven't hit crisis of depression and it's important that we don't continue to devalue those words because then our coaches are desensitized to it and they don't intervene at crisis level when they hear crisis words that is the most amazing point because it's so true it's so true because even me sitting here i walked in here and the guy told me to leave and i say i have i have anxiety i have to go get my cup of coffee first of all coffee's terrible for anxiety (laughs) yeah not not helping helping. (laughs) all right and number two i throw it around and then like like i there are certain people that'll be like and uh i you know I'm, i'm on medication for anxiety i'm like man i'm so i'm so sorry i'm just like throwing it around and that's what i don't want to do in our business is make light of Mm -hmm. that you know but then it's like like our we're all in right so i'm listen i have been talking about like the mentality like you want to get down to the changing the language of somebody knowing like a bad day and versus like being super depressed we want to get down to in order to decrease your anxiety if your mentality is that you're going to work on it no matter what Mm -hmm. then you give yourself grace and your anxiety will go low Mm -hmm. you know so like we're that's like every person has an angle like 
the way we want to oh, go sure. with it. Yeah. So yeah, but it's I a agree. fine line. Yeah, a hundred percent. So a hundred percent. Like, but I think like the goal is it's like the outcome is different, but like the goal is the same with like people who are struggling on a deep level with depression, anxiety, mental health related issues. And the people who are struggling with that, they're not getting the skill they want. So they're yeah. frustrated now. And this is a tough moment for yes. them. Like we want to give, we want both those people to figure out a skill that's going to help them get to the next spot. And for the person that's really struggling, that might be like, Hey, let's try to set a bedtime for ourselves so that you can actually get enough mm-hmm. sleep. Right. Like, and that you know, feels second. I'm going to bed. I will get enough sleep. I'm telling you right now, but yeah. like for me, that's easy for them. It's not. And so so it's like, how can we help you find the skills to get to bed on time? Like, yeah. what do we need to do so that you can do that? And the other kid, it's like, all right, how can we, like, reduce our frustration right now? How can yeah. we let go of some of this this pressure that we're putting on ourselves? Like, should we walk away from it for a second and come yeah. back? And, yeah, you're teaching different skills in that moment, yeah. right? The goal's different. Like, I just need you to do the basic things that are going to make yeah. you feel better like about living mm-hmm. and the other person it's like i need you to just lower the temperature right now mm-hmm. so that you can focus and like have well, a human mind yeah want to be better human yeah so exactly you're like, sitting here with you today like talking to you as a coach and then you as a as an administrator like it's a huge difference from some of the other people i've spoken to like they don't want to take that next step so because mm-hmm. when you're done in four years you're human so i'm going to remember like i remember the things that my coaches taught me just how to be a better person just little things like I mean funny how it is but now when I do the elliptical machine I don't read on it because my coach back then used to say if you're reading on the elliptical machine you're not getting the most out of your workout Mm -hmm. got to get the most out of everything you do so still I go on the elliptical and I'm like I'm not going to read I'm just going to keep going (laughs) but the coach's job if you take that perspective then as a coach will you experience the same amount of burnout if all you're focused on is winning Right, so it's the coach's mental health now. That's oh, also a so huge much issue. worse if you just focus on winning too, right? Because you mm-hmm. you look past the things that you're helping them grow in, like mm-hmm. as a person, and you're like, yeah, that's great that you got that internship, but you didn't win this game, and <laughs> that's mm-hmm. like that's tough. And and as a coach, like you have you obviously control practice and you decide who plays on the field, but once the game's in in play, like you have no control. You can't make them make the pass, take the shot, move in their bodies in the way that you're asking them to or wanting them to. You can just hope that you've done good enough basically and coach them through that moment. But yeah, putting your entire, um, your mental health and everything that you believe in strictly on the wins and losses is like, that's tough if you're, it's tough if you're on a losing program. I think that's why there's so much burnout. What would you say? I was just, that's, it's toxic. Like I, I have a hard time working with coaches like that because for my, I mean, my work is rooted in everything else besides the wins and losses anyways. But I just like having to talk to a coach that's like, they have to be a practice they can't take that class because practice starts within 15 minutes they won't get their snack and they won't get taped in time i'm just like dude they're not going pro i don't yeah. know what to they're not going pro i and you're probably not going to win a championship this year so like let's let him take the class that he needs to take yeah yeah <laughs> think about what that does for the athletes mental health if they're in that culture if that's what the coach is communicating through their actions every day yeah. they won't talk then to they aren't yeah. going to feel as human and as full spectrum like a balanced human like everybody is can we change that in a coach 
I think it, I think you can if it, but that coach yeah, has to be open. You have to be open to learning. I've really Are you learned open to learning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I like like that's like a been like a new focus is like I'm yeah. really seeing it in the coaches. And we had Ginny, the new coach, mm-hmm. the Monmouth University head yeah. coach. I mean, I don't know if you guys listened to the podcast yet, but she's unbelievable. Like I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow. And then I two weeks ago I talked to a different coach and it's like not on the podcast, but I'm like, wow. Like, it's very different. Like, would I make a difference sitting down with coaches to say, hey, listen, like, you don't know how you're going to change your kid's life. And does that matter? And in the high school world, it's like, I get $6,000 stipend. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, my kid keeps asking me questions. Well, like, Ginny was over there saying, like, you honor the question that they ask. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, you know, they're not going to, they're going to shut down. And what experience did you give them? Yeah. You know, like, so it's a huge, like... It's like, do you focus? You have to focus on all three. You have to focus on the athlete and then the parent. Yeah. I mean, you guys in the college level, you don't get it as. I'm, yeah, thank God. I don't, I'm like, I don't know if I could be I a high school know. coach. I would struggle. But I would say I, I didn't win a lot of games, but yeah. I had a lot of relationships with my parents because I would call them and be like, hey, this is what's going on. Is there yeah. something I should know at home? And then if I did have a problem with that kid and probably went overboard yelling because I was a back like young coach and stuff like that, like the parent would be OK. I didn't have I didn't have a single parent meeting. That's awesome. In Good for you. 23 years. So it yeah. was it was cool. Um, but it's, I don't know, like I want to encourage that. And I, I listen to people and they're like, and you're out of your mind. You think I'm going to talk to a parent? And I'm like, well, it's a start. Yeah. Could you have a meeting? I can come help. Maybe I'll come facilitate. Like maybe yeah. that's another role. They're like, no, I don't talk to parents. Like there's a 24 hour role. They're not allowed to call me. I'm like, you know, your kid is yeah. 16. Yeah. <laughs> that child that your athlete is 16. So I want to change that so bad. I think it's good. I mean, like, I I feel very fortunate that the parents I've been able to build good relationships with have been, like, very respectful and had good awareness around, like, where the line was for, like, uh, talking to the coaches because in college they are are adults. But I've also, like, thankfully those parents felt comfortable enough to reach out because there's been times when they've had to share very serious things with what's going on with their kid. And I was, I was, like, I felt so, like, thankful in that moment that I now knew that that was going on because I knew I could be a better coach to them in that moment and support them better and I know that I know like the parents care most about their kids well-being you know they get into the games they want to see them win too but like at the end of the day they want to trust the adults that are going to be influencing their children and so like so i think it starts with the coach i think the coach makes the first contact i think it does i think it i think you're you're just cutting down that wall that exists and you have to want like a high school coach has, has to want to do that. And they'll say, well, we don't get paid enough. And you know, yeah. they want, all they want to do is talk about playing. Nobody time. here is in coaching because we get paid. Yeah, enough. So I want to like, that remind right people that. Like, yeah. Come on. Like it, yeah. it's not that like, you got to really find the perspective. And then yeah. I think it comes from the athletic director side is, well, what are, they have to push that. Like my husband's a superintendent and I'll have these conversations with him. He's the end of his career. And I'll be like, I really think that you should go in and you should talk to the athletic director. And then the athletic director should have a meeting every week. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, (laughs) and I'm like, well, do you want true change to happen? He's like, you don't even like work there anymore. And I'm like, I want to see if it works. (laughs) To your answer to your other question, though, I do think coaches can change, but I think it's like the same. It's a growth mindset, right? And we want that for our athletes. I think Mm -hmm. as a coach, you have the privilege of being in the spotlight and you have the privilege to be a model for what? 
how to handle failure, how to take setbacks, how to put yourself in uncomfortable positions to grow. And like, so for me, like absolutely coaches should be able to learn and adapt because you want your athletes to do that. And it's a, it's a great way to model it. So as long as they're open to learning and growing, then they can change for the better. Yeah. Zooming out a little bit over the time that you guys have been in this space, how do you think things have shifted or changed um, around mental health and athletics? Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go? Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I think it's gotten better. I think it's definitely yeah. gotten better. Um, I remember in college when I had my first panic attack I've ever had, I was like very afraid to tell anyone because I was like, people are going to judge me. I, you know, I'm supposed to be like cool, calm and collected in the cage if people don't feel like that's what I can do. Like, will that impact how I'm perceived by my teammates and coaches? Um, I think it's definitely gotten better. I think there's still more obviously growth to happen. And I think it's so important that people approach things from a non-judgmental space like I don't want my kid to ever any of my kids that I coach like to ever feel like I'm judging them for something that they're going through or something that they Mm -hmm. can't like overcome because it's not that's definitely not it but I I, for me it's just so much more important that they have a mindset of like I will I will figure it out I don't know it yet and like being willing to sit in that discomfort while they learn um but I think there's, yeah, we got a long way to go for sure. I mean, yeah. So how do you foster that mindset in your players? Um, it's taken me a while when I was, a when I was like younger and first getting into coaching, I was so like reactive. My emotion would like drive up and drive down. And like, mm-hmm. it just was so evident that I was disappointed in the performance or something like that. And mm-hmm. I think I've become a lot more like steady mm-hmm. in coaching, um, because I like, especially in practice settings i'm like hey we're good we're good yes Mm -hmm. we're gonna try it again all right let's modify this all right and i i i worked with a goalkeeper that had a lot of anxiety previously and she's one of my like favorite um kids i've ever coached but um we implemented like a a situation where you had to walk away um so i was like all right i see you getting like really amped up right now and I, i know that that you really want i can tell that you really want to nail this skill but like we need to calm down before we can do well. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, why don't you just like walk away, take a couple breaths, like try to regulate your mm-hmm. heart rate and everything and come back in. All right. And like, I will be silly and I'll be like, shake it out. And I'll, I'll be silly to try to yeah. loosen up the the moment and the tension. Um, and I just try to create really low stakes, especially when we're trying to develop a new skill yeah. so that nobody feels like a complete failure while they're mm-hmm. doing it. That you, sounds sir. great. Um, a little redundant. I don't want to be redundant on what I already said, but I think yeah. that our student athletes are ready to dive deeper into mental health. Mm-hmm. I think our student athletes understand that they have mental health. I think they understand that there are times when they don't feel good and there are times when they feel good. And I think it's giving them the language for that. I think it's giving them uh, skills to handle that. I think it's giving them spaces to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I think at the coach and admin level, we're still very, very macro. Mm-hmm. We still need to get them comfortable with the idea that mental health exists in all of us. It's not something you experience once and it goes away. It's something we have every single day. And I, But I, I genuinely believe our student athletes recognize that. I think yeah. that they are ready to go further into that conversation. So um, 
they sometimes lead the way. They right. lead yeah. us there. Yeah. yeah. I, so I think I, awesome. I, yeah, I think that mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where we're stuck right now. I think the student I athletes are moving forward, but I don't know. <laughs> the rest of us are and I think, running yeah, as fast. <laughs> they are they are sometimes modeling such good behavior about accepting yeah accepting 100%. what's going on with mm-hmm. their teammates or where they are. Like I've seen some really compassionate just behavior from teammates and and young people uh, and how they approach like the people in their life that are struggling in a way that for sure we I think we can all learn from them and I, I I'm a coach so it's like supposed to be that I'm giving them information and I'm teaching them but I think you can learn yeah. from anybody if you're if you're open to it and they have a lot to teach yeah, administrators and coaches too a lot of coaches have been saying that like you know the fine line between a kid saying hey I need like a day today and uh and they're like you know back in the day like we didn't take days like we just went yeah. we how just went are we really... doing with, with yeah, that yeah like how are we doing like i get anxiety about a chair moving so yeah. i'm like so i talk to these people a lot of them being like old school men and uh and and i'm like well you know i think that if you have that relationship with your coach you can say that and you've already yeah. spoken about it so Ginny from mammoth was saying that like She'll say to them, okay, if you're only at 40%, let's just work on that 40% today. And it's a great language they have together. And then at the end of practice, the kid's like, oh, I'm at 80 now. I I feel so much better. So it's like, if they want to say it, then they need something from you. So how do you get that language right? And it's like, that's what you feel bad about. But then the other side of it is, you know, you want to push your athletes to become resilient. How do you think you got like resilient? How do we think we want them to be tougher to get through some stuff, but not tough enough but nobody understands that that's just the relationship yeah that's that's the relation that's mental health it's mm-hmm. the relationships if you can build relationships you have better mental health not to, this is more her story than mine but i learned from it so much is when she was at northeastern her coaching staff implemented mental health days into their team culture wow. i'd never heard of it before yeah. i like i mean you think about it you're like oh the dream like kids can come in and say hey i'm having a bad day i can't come like no questions asked so yeah. you take that day but they didn't want to use it they thought that there were going to be repercussions for using it. like i'm going to lose my playing time oh, i'm gonna okay. like okay. you're gonna think differently of me if i don't come so to make that happen they actually made one of their starters i don't know maybe i'm selling yeah her. one of our captain yeah. starters yeah <laughs> they made her take this day to demonstrate to the team like she's going to come back and she's going to start. She's still your captain and she'll be here tomorrow as that mm. same person. When, But today she couldn't be that person for you. So she needed that. And as an employee, I can do that whenever I want. Right. I got banked like sick days. I had banked personal days. If I call my boss and say, you know, can't make it in today or, you know, my dog's sick. I'm going to the vet with her. That's acceptable. Yeah. If a student athlete came and said, my dog is sick at home. I need to like go do something about this. Like, yeah. You got practice in a half hour. Like it would that that mentality doesn't exist but if i if i could do anything i would make that a department-wide rule that they have to create that because if a football player and then a tennis player can have that same access to that same day if they need it just like it doesn't matter that i'm the swa my marketing person my my facilities person can take a day the same way that i can take a day why can't every athlete have access to that and if i could make a rule right now as an administrator that'd be the first rule i'd implement so you're gonna do that 
I wish. I don't know if she can make that rule. I wish I could. But. True. I've been talking. I genuinely have yeah. been talking about it, but it's happening on a coach by coach basis. But I think for it to truly be impactful, it needs to be a department wide initiative. Because I then I think the student athletes would be more comfortable too, right? Because if they felt there was retaliation for it, they can yeah. come talk to me about it. But if coach puts this rule in and they kind of follow it, kind of don't, and they retaliate, I'm like, I don't, I mean, it's the coach's discretion. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, there might be times when somebody's like, I'm not really having a bad mental health day, but I'm going to take it anyway. And like, for me, it's like, I'd rather, I'd rather have a kid that's like, create the circumstances for people to do what they need to do. And some people might, you know, kind of game the system, whatever, but if it it's helping more people than than it's hurting like yeah, then that's, a that's point. A, yeah it's still a good thing like and i think you have a good culture you're not going to do that to your coach yeah oh 100% and your team, yeah and your team so if you yeah. have it it's like so this one coach was just like well they just didn't want to run the mile and i'm like listen if you have like i'm just staring at her i'm like then we need to work on your culture because yeah. honestly like your kid should want to kind of run yeah. through a wall for you but and on a bad day you should be like hey take that because you've you run through the wall 24 7 and now you can have you know for one hour you can take to yourself but yeah. i mean that mile's still waiting for me i mean my yeah. work doesn't disappear just because i exactly take it yeah, so yeah. they're gonna run the mile the next day if they think yeah. they're getting out of it they're using that day wrong so yeah, yeah I, was, <laughs> I was a teacher for 23 years you want to know how many sick days i ended with zero <laughs> Oh, good for you. Yeah. I took them all the time. I'm like, that's my mental health day. That's, yeah. Right? My husband, he's got like 320. I think I'm a little <laughs> bit better at practicing what I preach than yeah, uh, yeah, Sarah. Yeah, yeah. She's got some room to grow there. <laughs> she's really good at talking. She, about yeah. It. She's, she's Come on, the Sarah. Most, yeah. She'll do, she's like the most like supportive, compassionate, understanding person. And we're still working on the grace piece over here for herself, oh. her internal all right. conversation. Yeah. So I want to ask you guys about that. Are there strategies like habits that you do in your own life? that help you develop your own mentality? Teresa, what do you do for us? <laughs> us. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, it took me a while to learn this, but I, I do, again, this is a modeling piece, like, yeah. as a coach. Like, if I'm telling them they got to take care of their mental health, like, I'm going to do the things that yes. for, that I need to do to take care of my mental health. And, like, if I go, like, a week and I haven't worked out, like, I am in a bad place, and I know that I need to, like, move my body. I need to, like, just lift some weights, you know, um, and that can change like my whole, my whole sensation, my whole body sensation and how I approach any setting. So if I'm saying like, you got to do the things that take care of your mental health, drink enough water, make sure you're fueling, you're putting enough food in your body, like you're getting enough sleep, then I need to be willing to like set aside time for me to work out. And it can get really hard, especially like in season. I'm like, I got to clip one more game and I got to upload this and send this email. And like, but at the end of the day, like I'm going to be more productive i'm gonna be a better version of myself as a coach and as a as an employee if i do the the workout that i need to yeah. do and that mm -hmm. might take an hour of like productivity yeah. um away from me but it's gonna pay in dividends because i'm gonna be better off for it yeah um but i think what i do for us since <laughs> some of us are still working on our coping skills i will um I I will like get her distracted so easily and we'll go and do some fun things outside what do you like to do for fun we go kayaking we oh cool kayaking. like yeah. kayaking mm -hmm. i like spending time with our dog oh my god she, <laughs> yeah she dogs. loves our dog so we, when we were up in mass we went to the beach a lot with the, That's awesome. with the beach yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. i mean full transparency it has it has taken trauma to get me to a point where i'm like 
taking time for myself like the last mm. year and a half for me personally has been one of the most difficult in my life and it wasn't until recently that i'm like actively stepping away from things at work like turning yeah, off yeah. my phone and not answering emails after a certain time has never existed mm. before for me not answering a coach right away when they call if they're calling after dinner like i probably i'll let things sit until i get to the office and i know it upsets some people but I have stuff in my life that needs attended to in those hours that I'm not in the office. So that, I mean, those are huge, <laughs> huge Yeah, she's grown me. a lot in the last <laughs> yeah. year. But yeah. Um, and it has taken really hard things, yeah. but sometimes that's what it takes. That's what and, it takes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're going on vacation, which you wouldn't even believe. I'm taking like, a vacation for the first vacation. time in my career. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking she's 10 days. We're About 10 time. days. We're going yeah. to Where are you going? Arizona. I love Arizona. Are you going to Sedona? We yes, are. We are oh, going to Sedona. I've never been, so I'm going to the Grand Canyon um, for the first time. Yes. I'm going to tell you where to go to dinner. Oh, great. Sedona is the best. Yeah. I'm you got to do the pink Jeep tours. That's. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely got to do that. Yeah. yeah. Sedona's great. And the Grand Canyon's really cool. We stayed right on the rim. Oh, and cool. yeah, it was neat. That's it awesome. It was really pretty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she's she's getting better at it. I joke with her because I'm always like, who cares? Set the boundary. Like, my administrator doesn't always get back to me either. As, like, a coach, I feel like if I, yeah. if I can handle it, your coaches can handle it. Mm -hmm. Like, unless it's an emergency, like, it can sit in the inbox until tomorrow. And yeah. she's definitely gotten better. But, it's I mean, it's distinguishing just those things. Yeah. Like, everything, for a long time, everything was an emergency to me. But yeah. now, I like, if a P card needs money on it, that's an emergency if you can't feed your kids. But if you're just upset because the umpires weren't good, I'll talk to you. I'll mm -hmm. talk to you tomorrow. It'll probably be better for them. Yeah. Probably better for them. Better for everyone to cool yeah. off a little from that. Yeah, definitely. So, Sarah, you're interested in continuing to grow and learn and pursue some more education at your new university. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Ugh, went from not wanting to go to college to now <laughs> doing the most um, got, yeah doing get, the most getting a doctorate yeah oh, college. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I, a little bit is like me just being competitive and knowing that i could be a doctor and like wanting that so like yeah i went i went back mentality. to get my doctorate and then she was like oh doctor sounds good yeah, I'll I do that too. Yeah. Oh, oh, and I, like definitely can get it done faster than her so <laughs> all right okay no, but it is i've dedicated all of the student athlete development work that I've done, I've these three pillars have carried me um, since I started work at St. Francis. It's focused on mental health, focused on LGBTQ rights, and focused on women empowerment. Those are that's that's what I focus all my work on. And I have the opportunity to get a doctorate and start leading the way in some research in transgender participation in collegiate athletics. And there isn't research on it right now, so if I can spend three years getting the research done and starting to put facts behind the rules that are being put out there it just that that is work that needs to happen i if i could do it from a lawyer standpoint i would but it's faster for me to get this doctorate than it is for me to go back to law school so um Take incorporate, the LSAT. yeah incorporating that into some title nine work which i'm very passionate about is like it'll all incorporate and in about three years hopefully i'll be considered an expert on it but we'll see if i all right we'll call, you, we'll call you back in <laughs> yeah, yeah you already are because you're passionate yeah. about yeah, it yeah. so that's great yeah, yeah. So we always end the podcast with like, what do you go all in for? So I think I could probably, this was so awesome answer for both of you, but I'm not going to be overpowering. So <laughs> Sarah, what do you go all in for? Um, 
I think I go all in for creating sport as the safe place for every single person, regardless of your identity, regardless of what you're going through, that sport is that place for you to learn and grow, feel value, respected, uh, to know you have a place. I think that's what I'm all in for. I'm all in. I'm all in on love and learning. I think those are the two things that kind of guide everything I'm doing, everything I everything I want to be and how I want to show up. Um, I want to be able to learn something new in any place by any person. And I, I think like if you can bring love to any space you're a part of, then you're gonna make that place a better place. So, yeah, I love both of those. We're so happy to have you guys on and to share all your experience. At the end of the day, you have to go all in. End of story. Go all in. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of All In Chronicles with Big Ange. We hope you enjoyed listening and you're inspired to champion your mentality. Please consider subscribing to our podcast and leaving a review. Subscribing helps us reach more people and grow our community. Plus, you'll be notified when we release new episodes. To learn more, connect with us, or buy Empowering Apparel, visit our website at www.allinathletes.org. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, stay all in to be your best.